When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Mindbloom. Now, Willie's going to be with us the next couple days. Actually, two more episodes, and then he's got to hop on a flight back down under. But he's not going to go anywhere. We're going to figure out a way to actually enter... Tween, that's not the word I'm trying to integrate. Integrate, intertween is definitely, I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah, get, yeah, get, 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 him, get him back in here so we can actually have him at all times. Because I enjoy listening. I know that a lot of times we don't know what he's saying because he speaks basically English, but it's a different language. <laughs> it, so, but it is kind of, kind of interesting. Now, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this one because we have, everybody keeps saying back about holds, but that's not really the case right now. I guess you would say on the Western side, it pretty much is held. Whoa, yay, where'd he go? But they, but both I mean, sides are full of shit. Yeah. You know, Prigozhin has come out and says legally fallen or whatever he said, which is not true. You don't, he does not control the city. Ukraine is saying it's holding. No, it's not. Like if, if, if you're holding 20% of something as holding with the line moving, let's say it's stabilized, it has not stabilized, it keeps moving. Like you can't say, oh, this area is stabilized when there's dudes running through with machine guns. Yeah. Like both ways, like that's not stable, but we know things are going to start moving there quickly at some point. People are people are speculating today that Bakhmut has completely fallen, which is probably untrue. Like, cause it's probably just going to be a very slow grind. But we know Bakhmut has had some strategic value in this. Like, we don't know the numbers of Russian or Ukrainian deaths, but we know that it will be more Russian deaths in that region, and. At the end of the day, they're holding those people there. And they, what I've sort of run with in this theory, and I'm happy to be wrong on this, is that we know that the Wagner guys are the better troops within the American forces. Sorry, American forces, in the Russian forces. And we know also that their training goes zero to 100. So, you know, you've got guys in Wagner group who are prisoners, pulled out of prison, thrown into a machine gun nest. But we've also got guys in Wagner who have been in that for 10 years, the fought in Syria, the fought all around, and they are good operators and we've seen good equipment you can see helmet cam footage of guys that actually know what they're doing and you can talk to ukrainian soldiers who have been like hey those guys are good soldiers it's just these other guys they pull out of prison to use as meat and the guys talking to they literally have captured wagner guys who said yeah they called us they called us meat like because they were like, we need to know where a machine gun is march these prisoners out that way oh they've been mowed down but we saw the muzzle flash drop a bomb there so the idea I'm running with is that Ukraine is holding this to keep those better soldiers in one area because Prigozhin has said that they will move on if, you know, it, it, when Buckwood's taken, the, the, then Wagner will move somewhere and achieve maybe a breakthrough somewhere else. So what I think Ukraine needs to do is actually keep those guys in that region so that in the offensive they know exactly where those better guys are and maybe however it works around, like, envelope that we don't know. So... Like if, if Wagner moved down in hold to somewhere else, well, that could be an, a massive issue. And the reason why well. why aren't they doing it right now then? Why aren't they doing it right now? Yeah, because they're, they're still in the fight. No, like, what I'm saying is, why hasn't Ukraine done anything in the, the fact of actually trying to push through somewhere else? Is it because they've exhausted all resources right now? Well, that's it's, what I was it, I well, to ask. I think I think it's not only exhausting resources, but. Um, keeping resources for a major offensive. Because if you start using little bit drips and drabs now. Everything they use is then can't be used in the offensive. And we know an offensive has to come. It has to come. 
for to maintain support, to maintain everything. It, it has to, and it has to come soon. Uh, but we know the ground currently is shocking. Now, a good friend of mine who very knowledgeable on this, he's there, he's doing it. He's been, I don't give away who he is, but he's been in Ukraine for about 15 years doing this shit. Has said to me, um, prepare for a fluid active front over the coming weeks. So, a lot of what is just state, what is holding things up, there's a few things, but it's mainly the ground. The ground sucks. Like, it's yeah. just wet as f- And there's some footage coming out. I'll send this across to Charles. It, guys, just in trenches like you would have seen in bloody World War One. Like, it's just insane. So, and these, these vehicles need to perform well. And I don't know how much control the West is having over these vehicles. Oh, as far as, like, how do they use them? Ukrainian sources would say none, that it's just training it. But I'm sure there's been some idea of, hey, we don't want to see a leopard killed day one. And there's a real possibility that, you know, you roll through, tank gets bogged, Russia bombs it, and use massive propaganda of, look, this did nothing. And that could realistically happen. You know, we, what we need to see, the West need to see, is these weapons perform well, which they should. Like a Leopard 2A6 should outperform any of the Russian armour currently. You know, you could talk about T90BM, sort of like the newest variant, whatever. But they should perform well, and we need to see them perform well, especially our bloody export market. Like, you really don't think it's going to be a big issue if these get crumped on the front. There's going to be people looking at them, I don't want to buy that shit. It's a German, German market. They, they need to fend off South Korea, man. Like, everyone's like, these German vehicles buying South Koreans. So, look at cars. Realistically, if I was buying a car the last 100,000 miles, and I had a choice between a Hyundai and a Mercedes for cheap maintenance. Fucking Hyundai all day, baby. I 30 that shit up. So it's it's a hard one. But we need the ground needs to well, it's thawed out, but it's just mud. So that needs to change. And then they'll launch offensives. But we've seen the ability of Russia has dug in everywhere. That's gonna be a real fight. Like it's gonna be a real fight. And only the last two days, I don't know if we've spoken about this. No, we have, about the potential of um, having talks about Crimea once you know ukraine's offensive pushes down to that region and you know russia is wrong zaporanzia will be able to send some photos of this building massive um like not even trench systems it's just it's basically if you just dig like a square hole like you're just along something massive trench tanks can't get across that without a bridge or something so it's basically like stopping things coming because russia is concerned about this upcoming offensive and moving on it and there's probably a lot of more moving parts from both sides that we, we see. But things we talk about, like territorial gains and losses, are fucking minor. You know, where, depending on the side, the Russian forces are celebrating gaining a street in a small city. And, and But both ways, you know, there's a very small territorial gains and losses, and it's just yeah, a Yeah, but they're not getting any... It, the, the Ukrainians aren't doing really doing anything, which I keep seeing over and over again. They're not literally doing nothing. Yeah. There's fucking... The Ukrainians have done nothing. You can look across the board on social media as a whole... No one talks about Ukraine. I keep saying this over and over again. No one gives a f- about the war right now. Mm. No one does. Look at the views on this channel. Look at the views on every other Ukrainian-based channel there is. For one of them, like, what is that, Russian Media Monitor? I'll pop on there every once in a while. Right. And she was normally knocking out fifty to sixty to 70,000 views. Mm. Now she's doing like 10. Yeah. 10. Yeah. No one gives a f- about the war because nothing's going on. Well, that, that, that's what... Well, and I, I, the last thing I want to see is uh, the last thing I want to see anywhere is men thrown into a meat grinder. But does uh, Ukraine need to maintain um, this idea of winning? They're winning. They, they have need, to maintain. They need to win. maintain that, and they need to show they can do it. Right now, now I don't have. I don't have any. Myself, oh, I do have. I have doubts on some areas. I'm telling you right now, but, I have doubts, and I cover the fucking thing for the last year straight yeah. every day. I have fucking doubts on the Ukrainian side of things. 
And I'm an American sitting here in America that yeah. actually knows more. I've got, and I've, I've just as many as if not more about Russia. And now too. I'm like, oh yeah, like Russia. Yes, I have doubts on Russia, but I'm now I'm sitting here like, who the fuck actually has the manpower and actually will to do anything right now? People are like, well, the Ukrainians do. Well, no, they fucking don't. Not right now. They don't have the, the the manpower. They might have the will. They don't have the might. You cannot tell me right now the Ukrainians have the might to take back any portion of Ukraine currently right now. Uh, they they definitely can take back portions. Where I portions where that, where I have doubt is portions that have been dug in since 14. So if you look on the on the 14, maps, Deep State ISW, you look song. at those. And is that yeah. They can't, they, right now, they don't have the might to put down the, the Yeah, but it might, the ground can favour those more so because at the end of the day, what they need to do off is not might. They need to cut the supplies of Russia. That's how her song felt, was it wasn't yeah. might that pushed them over. It was these Russian guys were stuck on the wrong side of the Dnieper River and had to fall back to the east, yeah, the south, was, that southeast. Was, that was due to incompetent leadership. I, incompetent leadership, but what they need to do is cut off those supplies. And this is what I've said. If America really want to fucking help Ukraine, really want to help Ukraine, longer range missiles and start, and I know this help, this opens up kettle of fish, which I don't know if we want to open. And America, definitely the West is saying we don't want to open it. Need to stri start striking with better weapons shit inside Russia. Because at the end of the day, that is like out of bounds. You know when you played hide and seek with your family and oh, you can't, you can't hide in mum and dad's room, that's out of bounds. You go in, they never got fucking caught. That's what Russia's doing behind the line, yeah. behind their own line, is, hey, we can sit these systems back in. Now, I know there's been strikes within Russian territory, but not not like if we started being like, fuck it, 500 mile long range high Mars, fuck that shit up. Like, and, and that's what Russia can do. They can sit that shit there. And what we need to do is cut Russian logistics. You know, that that's... Because they can keep bringing shit in, and the worst thing is, the more time we give Russia, the more time we get we can allow them to unfuck their front line. That's the problem. Now. Well, they've just replaced their um, like defense leader too. So they've had two months to replenish. Russia has no excuse for being this poor of an army in the beginning. No, either. they don't. Because Russia, realistically, recently should have no. more combat experience. That, look at Syria. Yeah. Like they should have learned, like these. You you learn in combat. You learn lessons the hard way through losing guys. Russia has no excuse, at least in the beginning of the war, to have such failures because it's like well, you've you've done more war than us. You've had you've had Afghanistan, which was very different to what we have. You had all these other wars that they went into, Grozny, all this Syria. They should have had this shit down pat. What they did was underestimated their enemy massively, which is the worst thing to ever fucking do. But my problem with underestimating the enemy is we're doing it to Russia too. Stop underestimating Russia because at the end of the day, you are better off overestimating the capability and going, we need to hit this, 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 than saying, oh, they're all shit. They're all just these dumb orcs with crap weapons and gear. We're just going to roll it because you'll have then the same issue that Russia had in the beginning. Russia underestimated their enemy and lost 20 miles worth of tanks. Lost 6,000 vehicles now to the point, as far as Oryx will say. We should not underestimate that either because at the end of the day, they still have a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, a lot of men, and what they have is the attitude to throw men into this too. Yeah, well, there's actually, you know what? There's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's not like finding a new therapist and or sitting uh, in on a new exercise routine, not more or regular meditation or even a better habit of dieting. Now, sometimes you guys need something to unlock your brain, a new way of thinking, and that may be sent you off to like a new world. Maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy for mind bloom. 
But there's a new tool to improve your mental health at home ketamine therapy. Mind Bloom is a leader of in home ketamine therapy. Yes, in at your house. You don't have to go anywhere. Having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression, unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of the traditional antidepressants. Don't do those. I used to do those back in the day when I first got out of Afghanistan. Absolutely. Hated them. Not good. So in a study of over 1,200 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvement in their anxiety and depression over two sessions. So right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners, yes, you guys right now, $100 off your first six sessions. Well, all you got to do is sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash Rob. That is easy. That's all you got to do. The link at the very top of the description. That is mindbloom.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob. $100 off your first six sessions. So thank you so much to Mind Bloom for sponsoring this episode. One of the major things recently has been these documents that these top secret documents that have been leaked. It's been all over social media. Now, I have high doubts that this is real. Like, people are running with it as this is real, blah, blah, blah. No, and I, think it was, I think it was leaked on purpose. Well, well, it was definitely leaked on purpose to a degree, but New York Times has picked it up. And of course, you know, media needs to yeah. make media about this. Now, they also throw a lot of doubt into the ring, but there's some pieces in this which I think, although it's bullshit numbers, I think does display some real problems and the, the one thing which i think they have a maybe a point on is according to the report and don't take these numbers as anything but i'm just using this to build into something is um according to the, report, the s300 system and the book um which comprise of 89 percent of ukraine's air defense both medium and high mm. range now they said the book would be depleted by the 31st of march and s300 by the 2nd of may and we don't know if those numbers are real, but we do know that these Soviet air defence systems are a big part, the majority part of Ukraine's air defence. And the problem is Soviet equipment was built in the Soviet Union. Now, I know Ukraine can develop some stuff. There are other countries that you know, still make these. Countries use this stuff. But there's no way we, you can make it in that much stuff and what that much quantity. And what is, I think, very important to talk about the air defence is air defence is going, we're going into a point that is hard. So when I was in Afghanistan, our air defence amongst drones was shotguns. We had Remington fucking shotguns. And we still don't really know. And look at Russia, Ukraine. We don't really have any really good defence against a Mavic drone with a grenade on it. As well as through to one of these Iranian Shahid drones. It's it, very, very hard. And my point is these systems, especially the American systems we're sending in for air defense, are super, super fucking expensive. Like, super expensive. And you'll hear things, oh, this system could track 400, yeah, but it only has X amount of rockets. We can only make so many rockets. So the problem is, you're going to have five, ten thousand $10,000 drones getting hit by multi-million dollar missiles. And those drones are going towards, you know, both civilian infrastructure, well, infrastructure, um, because you can go into the laws around war, and I've done a real deep dive on this, and we can do this if we want, but the deep dive into what actually is a military target, and hitting a, hitting a generator, like hitting a, a um, train line, hitting an electrical generator, that is completely within the laws of armed conflict. Even if it is civilian used, well, it, it, that stuff still falls under military stuff for the country. And America, we've done the same. What do you think we hit first when we went to Iraq? Took out the power. You know, that, it's a prick act. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's what's happening. But the problem is we're going to be using millions of dollars worth of missiles to hit shitty drones. There's going to have to be, and we've started seeing this, as we've started seeing these drones have more success. And more what I think it is, is, it's going to be the wrong word, but almost like a, a sort of triage of 
we're going to have to let that one through and try and hit that one because we, we, we need to keep a man of these rockets in case we have a bomber or in case we have a Su-35 or whatever. Like, it's, it's going to be rough because we know that Iran and, and Russia can pump out these drones, so can we, these cheap, shitty drones, and bleed that air defence. And if you're bleeding that air defence, that's when we'll really see potentially Russia really step into, like, uh, having advantage in the sky. Because we know Russia's got a huge air force that, for a number of, a variety of reasons, has been fairly unused. Like, they've lost a lot of jets, don't get me wrong. But they've really been unused, and they're not flying their main bombers into Ukrainian airspace. They're firing long-range missiles from outside their airspace. So it's safe. Like, that bomber is safe. They're flying in above Russian airspace, firing a long-range missile. It's safe. And the problem is, believe that air defence, that's a big issue. Big issue. So you know, I know these numbers are probably bullshit, but I think it does bring up a really good idea, or a really good idea, a really good point about air defence. And, and we need to look at this too, of how quickly could our air defence actually be, you know, overrun? How many drones, how many whatevers would it take to actually just completely black out our air defence? Probably not that much on bases, on whatever. So and this is where, you know, the US is studying all this. China's studying this shit. Like, you know, we're studying modern war. We haven't seen modern war in a long time. And this modern war doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. It looks very different. You know, you've still got guys in trenches. You're using armoured vehicles. You know, there isn't as much um, jamming things at the front line. There isn't as much stagnancy as we would have thought there would have been. So it, it's it's something that we're looking at. It's it's difficult, but, you know, it, it's going to become more and more with this. And as far as, you know, Russia implementing more firepower in the air, you, Ukraine's getting a lot more firepower as well. So... You know, Slovakia has given all of their MiG fighter jets to Ukraine. And the MiGs, I know Ukraine keep demanding, oh, demanding is probably the wrong word, but they really re- want F-16s. And it's a good thing. You know, F-16s can be a very powerful aircraft against Russia and will outfly, we don't really know, but sh- potentially should outfly basically. They were developed for that. Every American weapon is developed to counter Soviet equipment. Why do you think we have top attack weapons? Because... A T-series tank is not a bad tank. They have design flaws, but the design flaws were not flaws between modern weapons. So a T-series tank has a very low... Look at a T-series, like a, a Russian-Soviet-era tank, compared to a US tank. They're much lower, much lighter, because well, they've got to go through mud, and they're lower because, you know, you want to be low to the ground. These were developed before top-attack weapons, because we developed weapons to counter that. Or they're thinly armoured on the top. Top-attack that son of a bitch. That's how that shit works. So... Um, it, it's we've developed this for that, and the F-16s, F-18s, whatever, should have a real good advantage against that. And America bought MiGs back in the day to literally study them, and we bought a shitload of stuff when the Soviet Union fell. But the good thing about these MiGs is they can just be straight put into service. No training, no nothing, and Ukraine have a shitload of parts, shitload of knowledge on this, where F-16s are no people are going, we want these, we want this. They're a year or more away. But oh, well, the pilots will take six months to train. Yeah, but then you've got to have a full ground crew. You're gonna have everything. They don't like, have a year of this war left. I don't know, but don't well, know even even there's there's didn't. things that are really nothing. well made on Soviet era jets because the Soviets needed things to last, and things like they have shutters on some of the engine bays so they can take off on shitter runways. Where we've cared more about the technology inside. So there's little bits, and the, the, but the good thing is the MiGs can go straight in. The funny thing with these Slovakian MiGs is it looks like the Russian mechanics that are working in Slovakia have actually 
at the Slatch Air Base, I'm probably pronounced wrong, but have actually sort of intentionally damaged some of these MiGs. So um, from the Minister of Defence, a Slovakian Defence Minister, has said they were able to fly, but that doesn't mean that they were capable of combat. The defects appeared only in those parts assessed by Russians. Now, they're called the Russian expert, expert um, engineers. They come from Russia to work on these in Slovakia because these are a Russian-Soviet platform. So there's an amount of engineers that work in Slovakia, and this deal was well before this war, to maintain these aircraft, look after them, whatever. Otherwise, these aircraft had to go back to Russia to be maintained. And, yeah, there's been part damage. But they do say that the, um, the, the Ukrainian pilots... Sorry... They, being Ukraine, have pilots, spare parts, and a company that has worked on MiGs since the Soviet times. So they shouldn't have any problems getting them back up to scratch on you know, actually being a capable combat airframe. But it is interesting to see just that amount of like um, like influence that Ru- Russian, potentially their engineers, have had some like intentional damage on these aircraft as well. But this fight for the sky is going to be huge. And you know, Russia has been embarrassed in this to not get... Um, air dominance, air superiority. They should have had that day one. They should have had that day one. Absolutely. You look at the numbers, look at the tech. It's fucking embarrassing they did it. Well, the war has been embarrassing for the Russians, not just, not just the air support. Absolutely. And, well, the big thing is too, they, their tactics in the beginning, why did so many tanks die? Because allegedly, and I believe the tank, I believe the Russian tankers who said this, they were told, you've got air superiority. If, you've, if you're a fucking T-tank, if you're a tank and you've got air superiority, Rolling in different yeah. formations. They were told, we've got air priority. Sweet, we're rolling in this formation. Next thing, no fucking air, you're getting bombed, you're getting fucked up by stuff. Like, big issue. You know, this is combined arms. War, modern war, or not even modern war, war back in the day, needs combined arms. We figure this out very quickly, and we learned the fucking hard way. We used to walk up, point at each other with fucking muskets, you'd shoot and then give them a crack. Then we figured out, we need combined arms. We need people with shield, people on horses, all this shit and it's no different now, combined arms is everything and Russia lack combined arms massively if Russia had reasonable officers in the beginning of this war who could actually incorporate combined arms their tanks could work with their navy who worked with the air force, it would have been a very different picture and we need to look at this and go well, how good is our combined, our combined arms, at what scale have we actually assessed our combined arms, like we do big exercises, but not that big. Like the biggest exercise I think in the world is Talisman Sabre in Australia, where all the Yanks come, the Japanese come, all these different countries. But it's still not that many people. It might be thirty or 40,000. We need to look at what combined arms are we getting when we've got 200,000. How good is our combined arms? We need to learn from Russia's mistake in this. And so does Ukraine. Ukraine need to learn from those mistakes because what we can't see is these new vehicles because so much is hanging on so little. People are putting these Leopard 2s, these challenges, on an absolute pedestal. These are not a silver bullet. They're a great tank, but they will be destroyed by very simple things. They run out, they get wire up in the treads. That tank's done. They get hit by some of entanglement. That tank's done. This is not this is not a juggernaut of tanks. They can still be taken out, but so much is relying on this, and they need things like Esprit. They need good infantry minor tactics around that with guys with javelins, guys to, with endless to take out things that could kill them. And I think, you know, what they really need is to really assess their own combined arms and roll in. And if they can work out that combined arms well, I have no doubt Ukraine will get big chunks of land. But 
they're gonna it's gonna be hectic. It's gonna be the casualties figures we've seen so far, which it depends what casualty figures you want to talk about. Um, and have speculation on that. But and that document we talked about, they speculate on figures which are all over the place. But we're gonna see absolute skyrocket, especially on the Ukrainian side. Because we're going on the Ukraine's going on the offensive. The offensive will take huge casualties. Now I'm not saying that they, they don't know that, of course they do, but it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be really rough. You're going up to areas that have been dug in since 2014. You know, you're talking nine years dug in. It's going to be really rough. And, you know, I think people need to be prepared for seeing really rough war. And people need to open their eyes to this. Like, a lot of people look at war and a lot of bloggers, a lot of people online, as numbers on a spreadsheet or a red line moving on a map. These are human beings dying. I don't care if they're Russian, Ukrainian, whatever. They still have a mum and dad. They still have brothers and sisters. And these are just human beings killed in the worst possible way. People in war don't die like they do in movies. It's not shot in the head, clean, whatever. It's not like that. Majority of people are chewed up by a machine gun through the stomach and lie in a field bleeding out for an hour. Or shrapnel through something and they're f***ed. Like there's a video at the moment of a Ukrainian guy heroically pulling his friend out of Mariinka. And you just look, it looks like, it looks like a moonscape that's been hit by a nuclear weapon, mate. And you're like whoa like that's real and they're real men like they're, they're men just there the average guys like you and i you know it, it's brutal you know we would we thought war ended we thought you know world war one the war to end all wars well it hasn't we've had all these conflicts in tens of conflicts tens of genocides around the world and you know people bring up these big genocides but there's genocides going on in africa and the philippines right now you know you look look at some of these things and crazy it's just not talked about that much and I think people need to have a bit of, like, humanity and be like, holy shit, what can we do once this war ends and how it does it? How can we stop that happening again? Which, and that's a hard discussion to have because it will never stop. You always have people with imperialistic dreams. As Putin, Putin's got imperialistic dreams. Like, he wants, they want the USSR back. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that. I know we've been sitting here for the last 25 to 20, 20 27 minutes, you've gone on a rant. I'm you're sorry. The, you're the kind of guy that literally could sit at a bar and talk to himself. That's what I do. Like most You of the time. legit could, like if you had a beer in front of you right now, you could have just been talking to literally nobody. Like legit can just talk to anybody. My whole thing is, oh, my whole point is like, people need to have realistic expectations and realistic views and like these are My realistic people. views right now is, they need to do something. And it's not because, I don't think they have. They need to do it at the right time, though. And they, now is probably not the right time. Well, now, it's too now, muddy. Now it's real muddy, but I'm saying they have to do something soon or they're going to have people like pretty much every average American, like the one sitting right across them, not give a shit. It's really that no one, no one cares about it. Mm. And we're the ones that are funding the entire thing. Yeah. True? Well, America's getting a lot out of this. America gets a lot out of this war. You know, you're, you're what selling... What America needs to do then is fucking just end it. Why? It, but it, it is, I don't see... It in the American interest to end this war. It is not within the American interest. Yeah, they want to bleed the, Russia dry. You're, you're putting 10% or maybe a bit more, but 15% of your annual budget for defense to wear down your largest enemy. It's awesome. America, America is getting an awesome deal out of this war. If you went to war, the, the Iraq war cost like well over a trillion dollars, like insane figures. And that was a war against a absolute, like, an army so far below. The, a war to bleed down Russia would cost America trillions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of lives, of American lives. America's getting a great deal out of this. Who's our largest military competitor? Russia. None of your own soldiers have died, and you've spent $100 billion, which is a call in your defense annual budget, realistically, to have a huge effect and gain a lot. 
you know, America is sell, selling their natural resource to Europe for four times the price that they were buying, that Europe was buying it off Russia for. America's gaining a lot out of this. And you're gaining logistical capability. You're gaining experience, real-time experience on, hey, how do we deliver this amount of vehicles to this region around the world quickly? They haven't done that before. They might have done it in some exercise, but it's not real. How do we get this in? Right, that's how we do it. How does this mortar system work? Done. Doesn't work that well? Okay, show it off. A lot of experimental weapons going in. Some have been like, that doesn't work. Some have worked brilliantly. Like, we haven't actually had that much real-world experience of how good is, is a javelin, is an in-law against modern armour. And they've proven themselves fucking brilliantly. And, you know, Ameri- I know in-laws and um, javs are not American-made, but a lot of this equipment is. And American defence industry, look at any defence stock going through the roof. The USD way up. And, you know, they get to bleed out Russian supplies for very little so i i don't think it's in the american interest to actually end this yeah what i was just gonna say is like i I don't actually think it's that much in larger scale of america to actually end this i think they're getting a lot out of this they got a lot of experience they're bleeding down russia and we'll see how that we'll see how it falls russia was a big big threat to america and it's a lot less of a threat now it's still a threat as long as they're a nuclear power it's a big threat but you know they've been able to sanction a lot of stuff we're better to see how china will react and China's getting a lot out of this too. China's studying everything we're doing. China is studying how we react to land grabbing too. Massively. That, hey, they're not doing much. They're really not doing that much. So if we do do this somewhere, they'll probably react the exact same. Now, Taiwan, different story. That might be different because we have a lot of interest there. What if, what if China's what we want? We want Uzbekistan. We want Kazakhstan. We want Tajikistan. We, probably, want we probably won't do nothing over there. Yeah, exactly. But we've, we've proven that we won't. So this is the thing, is if this is why we can't let, America doesn't want Ukraine to lose either, is because then it sees, one, America shouldn't, shouldn't have to lose another war. We've lost every recent war in, in, a, in a roundabout's way. And, you know, at the end of the day, we don't want to be seen, one, as losing things, and secondly, as letting large powers land grab. That's a big problem. Putin doesn't want to see lose either. This thing, no side can afford to lose. Uh, Putin loses, he's dead. If Putin loses, he's done. He's done, and he'll be seen as a failure. He won't even go down in history as no, not even the most evil Russian president. He's nowhere near the most evil Russian president. No. Like, I'm not saying he, I'm saying he's evil, you know, but, but if you compare it to no. Stalin type, yeah, know, you know, um, it, it's Putin's in a big way, and we, we, we need to look at this. It's, it's, you know, it's experience. And then the day, people benefit off this massively, massively. Uh. But, We'll be back at it again tomorrow. We'll see you guys. Maybe tomorrow will be the day. Maybe the Ukrainians will actually, probably not, because it's going to be very soupy. It's going to be as soon as I leave. It's going to be. And you're going to be. Leaves? You're going to be strung out, going like Willie. I need you I'm to talk to be strung out like a motherfucker over the next like two weeks, trying to keep up with what's going on with Willie. What? The like, oh, I'm going to get my brain tumor checked. Yeah. Okay, of course, you got to have one of those. Exactly. Sick All right, guys. I love you guys. Ciao. We're out.